Each story has a purpose. We call them themes in writing. A theme is a universal truth or message about life that everybody can relate to. Like I said, a very popular one is love conquers all <laughs> or hope never fails. And loyalty is essential in friendship, things like that. These are themes that you can show in your stories. Why? Because that's where the hope comes from. We'll talk about this and much more today. Welcome to a Writer's Day podcast. everyone and welcome to a Writer's Day podcast. I'm glad to have you here. My name is Ruth Douthit and I'm an award-winning multi-published author and I started this podcast for you. Folks like me who want to learn more about the writing craft and listen to award-winning best-selling published authors talk about their books and their inspirational writing journeys. Nothing inspires me more than listening to an author talk about how they got started, how they persevered through all the rejections, and how they are now a published author, releasing more and more books. So welcome. First, a little bit about me. You can go to my website at artbyruth.com to see all of my books, my art projects, and my new releases. You can also learn a little bit about me. Most importantly, you can sign up for my newsletter to learn more about upcoming book releases, more writing tips, or writing tools that are available to you and book giveaways. That's right. I give away a book each month, sometimes two books. So be sure to go to artbyruth.com to sign up for my newsletter and I will send you a free PDF copy of my novella, The Letter Opener, which was a finalist in the American Writing Awards. And my latest release, Peter and the Dragon Forest, came out March 7th. It is my first picture book that I co illustrated with my husband who is a who is an amazing illustrator who worked on the movie Anastasia years ago so pick up a copy today for your aspiring prince or princess and enjoy the vivid illustrations and story that is a, a just a taste of the Dragon Force trilogy which I wrote years ago so enjoy there's a place in the back where your kids can draw pictures of dragons and castles and swords. So enjoy. Peter and the Dragon Forest is available right now on Amazon. And if you follow me on social media, and you'll see that I just revealed the cover of my next book, The Doors of Rome, which is due to release May 30th. You can pre-order the book right now on Amazon. This is a fun story about Millie, who is a salt-of-the-earth type of lady who longs for adventure. She's married to very practical Walter, who promises that once they retire, then their adventures will begin. But when Millie enters a photography contest and wins first prize, which is a all-expense-paid trip to Rome for two, she is convinced that Walter will go with her. When he declines, she takes her best friend and running partner, Edith, instead. So, The Doors of Rome follows Millie and her best friend, Edith, on their adventures to the streets of Rome, the Vatican City, Florence, and more. Pre-order your copy today. Okay, enough about all that. As I'm revising some of the scenes for The Doors of Rome, getting it ready to send to my editor, in the story, 
Edith, Millie's best friend, asks her a very important question. Why do you run? Because Millie is a runner. She runs every day. And years ago, she had a chance to run to try and qualify for the Olympics when she was in college. And so Edith asks her a very important question. Why do you run? And as I wrote that scene, I thought, wow, I guess I could ask a similar question of the authors that I interview. Why do you write? I mean, think about it. Why do you write? When I was a writing teacher in middle school, I taught writing and grammar. I used to tell my students about the different types of writing that I would be teaching over the year. And that was explanatory writing, which is where you explain a process. That's the kind of writing that's like recipes or, you know, how to change a tire on your bicycle, that kind of stuff. Then there was expository writing, which is a report like they do for book reports or research papers, you know, where you're defending a thesis. And then there's persuasive writing, which is kind of like book reviews or movie reviews or restaurant reviews where you're trying to persuade someone about a topic or a opinion that you have. Then there's functional text, which is, you know, calendars, memos, applications, tables, graphs, that kind of stuff. And then we would get to my favorite, creative writing. And that's when their little faces would light up because so many people love creative writing. And that's poetry and original narratives. So why do we write? I don't know about you, but I draw and paint because I want to express myself and it relaxes me. Why do we write and draw and paint and sing and act? I think it's because we want to express ourselves. And what does that look like for you, expressing yourself? Do you sing? Do you act? Do you write, draw, or paint, or do photography? Perhaps writing for you to express yourself includes journaling, or writing poetry, or stories, or songs. I'm not a poet, but I did dabble with some poetry in high school. I mostly like to tell stories. And I found that writing isn't as easy for me as drawing or painting. Writing takes work. It takes a process to follow. It takes patience, discipline, and endurance, perseverance. So writing takes a process. What is your process? Now, I'm a planner, but I know plenty of people who are, they just go by the seat of their pants. So we call them pantsers. And some are a mix uh, in between. So they're called plantsers. <laughs> There's a term for everything, right? So select a process. Are you a go by the seat of your pants? So you're a pantser? Or are you a planner like I am? I love to organize my writing pre-plan it by doing outlines, not too detailed, but I love using Trello to organize my books, chapters, and add photographs of what my characters look like. And even I like to create a book cover first before I even start writing. It motivates me. So what is your process? Do you just sit down, open a document on your computer, and start writing? Me, I like to start by brainstorming an idea, selecting a genre or a trope. Or perhaps I like to start off with a theme, like love conquers all, right? Why? Why do we do that? 
I think it's because we are telling a story and we want to inspire our readers, encourage them, give them hope. The world is so dark right now that we really want to provide a light for our readers. I know I do. And many of the authors I interview my podcast do too. So once I brainstorm the idea, then I start with the characters, the main character and the side characters. And I start to feel out the plot and of course, the setting of my story. It's not just when it takes place, you know, the era or the time or where it takes place, the, you know, the actual space. But I start to think, will the setting work for my character or against her? That's important to think about too. Then I start to think about the rising action and the many obstacles I will place in my character's way. Why? Well, that's because that's how life is. Each of us are going down our path, but an obstacle comes between us and our goal, and it might either stop us, redirect us, or make us go around, turn turn around, and go back. It's the same with your characters, too. What obstacles are you going to put in their place? And with writing, the rising action is just that. Those obstacles start to get harder and harder, more intense, more intense, almost stopping your character right where she is, preventing her from going forward even just one more step. My students used to always ask me, why, Mrs. Douthat, why do we have to do that? And I said, again, because that's life. You all have grand plans, don't you, for high school? And they'd say, yes. And I said, well, some things are going to get in your way. And that's just the way life is. How you deal with those obstacles, how you decide to overcome them, is what will build your character, make you a stronger person. And then I start to think about the antagonists in my story. Now, sometimes they are the villain, but not always. For instance, you might have a story where your character is on her going along her merry way toward her goal, and maybe her coach puts some obstacles in her path. Maybe he's not going to start her in the game when the college scouts are there. Uh-oh, how is she going to win that volleyball scholarship to college, you know? So the coach isn't the villain. The coach means well, but the coach is an antagonist putting obstacles in her path. I write for kids, so sometimes the parents are the antagonists. They might send my character to bed without supper when he was on his way toward meet, reaching his goal. And the parents aren't the villains. They're just doing what parents do. But even though they mean well, they are putting obstacles in my character's path. But sometimes the antagonists are the villains. Think of the Harry Potter series, right? The Dursleys, who were the family members, the relatives of Harry Potter, but boy, they not only put obstacles in his path to keep him from succeeding, but they thoroughly enjoyed it. They wanted to keep Harry from succeeding. So those are antagonists, but they are also villains. And in the entire Harry Potter series, as with the Lord of the Rings, you have various villains, but there's this overarching villain who wants to stop, actually destroy the main character. Your book can have that too. So the antagonists 
they create that conflict. It could be the weather. It could be your own character. He or she might be keeping himself from going forward. And then you might have a foil. What is a foil, you might ask? It's someone or, or something that makes another's good or bad qualities more noticeable. So they might be cynical. They might constantly tease your character. I like to think of Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock. Spock was definitely Captain Kirk's foil. Just when Captain Kirk might think he's ready to conquer the world and about to succeed, Mr. Spock would come along and kind of put him in his place, kind of give him something else to think about. And he might bring out the good qualities of Captain Kirk, but also some of the bad qualities. <laughs> You'll see those characters in many popular movies and books. Your story can have a foil as well. It's a great way to show your characters good and bad qualities without telling your audience, your readers, about that character. Now, again, a villain. You might have a villain in your story. Decide early on if that villain is going to be redeemable or irredeemable. It's up to you. And then comes the inciting incident. That's the incident that happens, the, the re revelation of the major problem that your character is going to face. And it starts the rising action. So it should come in that first chapter. And again, my students used to always ask, why? Why do we have to have one? And I would tell them, well, think of your favorite book. There's one, there's an inciting incident in your favorite book. It can be horrible, you know, like a car crash or a terrible diagnosis. Or it could be something wonderful, like your character wins the lottery or discovers he's going to Hogwarts School of Wizardry. But make sure that your inciting incident connects with your main character. And then there's the dark moment. The dark moment that happened in the, in the past for your character. Like with Harry Potter, it's when his parents were killed by Voldemort. And then you also have a dark moment that comes closer to the present time that we're reading in your story. Something that happened a little bit more current currently. For Harry Potter, we had many of them. We had Cedric. Sirius Black, Dumbledore, Hedwig, Snape, all of those uh, horrible dark moments in Harry's life. Why do we have these? It's because these moments inform your character's behavior. When we're reading about them in your story, the dark moment of their past is what informs their current behavior and kind of explains what they're doing. Are they doing things right now to escape? to escape that past event that happened, those horrible memories? Are they the type of person that fights all the time because that's how they cope with those terrible memories? They're always fighting with others? Or maybe they're just the type of person who is, you know, runs away, the flight type of person. When things start to go wrong, they're gone. They take off. So the dark moment is what helps to explain all of that. And you see it in all the movies and the good movies anyway, and the plays and the books that you read, dark moment in your character's life and in your own life is what informs your current behavior and explains it. Doesn't excuse it, but explains it. And we've all met those people who might be recovering from drugs 
And you ask them, why did you ever get involved in drugs in the first place? Well, they might say, when I was five years old, my parents divorced. My mom remarried a horrible, horrible, abusive man. And that's what happened and totally informed my behavior and caused me to want to escape. And I use drugs to escape. We've heard many of those types of stories. Same with alcohol abuse and, you know, the carrying on of that pattern of physical abuse. So the dark moment in our past explains some of the behaviors we're doing right now. It's the same with your character. So as you can see, writing is more than just telling a story. It's about those connections. The setting should connect to your main character, or if you have various settings. The plot of the story connects to your main character, who he was before we met him on your story in the first pages, and who they are now as we're reading about them. The villain should connect to your main character. Think of Lord Voldemort and Sauron and Darth Vader, all these famous villains. They all had a connection to the main character. Yours should too. The obstacles put in your character's path should rise in severity and urgency. And perhaps they are done by antagonists, a coach or a teacher or a parent, you know, a best friend. They may not be intending to put obstacles in your character's path, but they are. And they should increase in severity as the action rises. And then, of course, that inciting incident. It has to be you know, memorable, it has to be urgent enough to send your character on a new journey. They were headed down one path and now the inciting incident happens and now they're on a different path. Like in my book, The Doors of Rome that I'm currently working on, Millie is just an ordinary housewife. She and her husband married late in life so they don't have children and she feels like everything's great, but she lacks adventure. So she enters a photography contest and wins an all expense paid trip to Rome for two. That's the inciting incident. That's a wonderful thing to happen, but it changes the trajectory of her life. Before she entered the contest, her life was headed in one direction. After she wins the contest, now she's in a whole new direction, a new journey for her life. So see, the inciting incident must always connect to your main character, and it must be that um, involved. It must be that important. It can't just be my character got a new job. No, my character got a new job and it's on the first space station out in space headed toward Mars. Now see how it elevates? That must be elevated. And then, of course, you need to have that dark moment or dark moments in your story that caused your character to do what he or she is doing right now, explains their behavior. Are they bitter and mean and cruel? That dark moment will explain why they are. Are they struggling with alcoholism or drugs? That dark moment will explain why they are struggling. You know, are they strong and ambitious and extremely focused? The dark moment in their life will explain why they are that way. Why do we do all this for a story? That's because I've just described your life, my life, the lives of your readers, Everybody's life has these components. Think of the settings of your life story, all the places you've lived and how they've affected your life. They've made you who you are today. 
Think of your own life plot from when you were a child to where you are now and all the different obstacles that were in your way and how you overcame them. And it's made you a strong person right now. And think of all those villains who maybe tried to stop you and hurt you and destroy you, but you overcame, you persevered. And that has made you the person you are now. And it's given you so many stories that you want to tell others to encourage them. And then those obstacles you've overcome, the various inciting incidents of your life, like a cancer diagnosis, and now you're cancer-free, or your parents divorced, and now it's made you appreciate your marriage right now. Or maybe you won the lottery and things like that. Now you've helped a lot of people with charity. All these different inciting incidents in your life have made you who you are today. And then, of course, the dark moments. We've all had those dark moments that have hurt us terribly, but we've persevered, we've learned from them, hopefully, and they've made us stronger. Or maybe we are still struggling with the ghosts of our past, those dark moments, we are still dealing with them. That's okay. Each story has a purpose. We call them themes in writing. A theme is a universal truth or message about life that everybody can relate to. Like I said, a very popular one is love conquers all (laughs) or hope never fails. Um, Loyalty is essential in friendship, things like that. These are themes that you can show in your stories. Why? Because that's where the hope comes from, the message, the universal message that everybody on the planet can relate to and wants to relate to. Think of a story right now that truly affected you and inspired you. Maybe it was a book you read when you were a child that totally changed your life and made you want to become a writer. Or maybe it was an essay you read or a dissertation for an assignment that you had to do in college. For me, the story of Johnny, Johnny Erickson Tata. I read her book when I was 10 years old about this young girl who, in a diving accident at age 16, became paralyzed from her shoulders down. She loved riding horses and painting and drawing. And after the accident, her inciting incident, she could no longer walk or even hold a paintbrush in her hand anymore. I read that story and it inspired my life 50-something years later. I love Johnny's story because she never gave up. She could have easily, but she chose not to. Even though her hands couldn't work, it didn't keep her from drawing or painting. She learned to draw and paint with her mouth. Wow. And then when I was in college, I had to read Booker T. Washington's essay, The Struggle for an Education. When I read that that essay, I was so moved. I had almost quit college because I was so frustrated and tired and I thought it worthless. A worthless endeavor. But after I read Booker T. Washington's essay, I was so moved that I decided to stay in college and persevere because if he, uh, at age 16, a former slave, could work his way through college as a janitor to pay tuition, graduate, and then go get his master's degree, And then at age 25, start the Tuskegee Institute. All that as a former slave, then I definitely 
could complete my degree here in this present age. So think of the stories that have inspired you, motivated you, encouraged you to not give up. Imagine if those writers quit. Imagine if Johnny Erickson Tata never wrote her story. Imagine if she never learned to draw and paint with her mouth. A 10-year-old little girl never would have been encouraged to keep going to become an artist. Millions of people never would have been encouraged to keep going. But Johnny didn't quit. And imagine if Booker T. Washington quit and he never wrote that essay. He just said, no, nah, I give up. Nobody's reading my essays anyway. So why am I, why do we even bother? I give up. Thank the Lord he didn't. Because I wouldn't be who I am today had I never read those stories. What about you? Which book or writer influenced you and why? Focus on that. Now think, what if they had quit and never wrote that book that inspired you? Writing is about you and it's for you. It's a chance for you to express yourself, whether it's just a journal entry that you do every day, a book for your kids that you wanna give them and your grandkids, or a book for readers out there, a story that you have to tell. It's really for you and your own personal healing, your own mental health and wellness. Keep going. Don't give up. Keep writing that story. Keep expressing yourself because someone out there needs to read your story. We all have obstacles, wounds, scars, joys, successes that all make us who we are. They make you who you are today. So keep writing. Share that story with the world. Someone out there needs to know that you didn't give up. You could be making a difference in someone's life. Thank you so much for joining me today. And if you like this podcast, please consider subscribing and following me on Facebook and Instagram and shoot me a comment. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Now remember, keep going forward one step at a time on this writing journey. And until next time, God bless.